Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Reaper's Playground. I am your host, Chuck, psychic medium, paranormal investigator, and your favorite warlock. So today I want to talk about a little bit into spiritual communication. You know, how is it done? When do they do this? Why do they do this? And if you are a developing medium, this is going to come in handy for you. And if you're an empath, this is going to come in handy for you also. But if you're just a listener and you want to know how is it my loved ones are talking to these people, this is going to help you understand that too. So let's dive in. A step in connecting to the other side is definitely going to be a little bit about connection, right? So first, you know, someone says, you know, do do all spirits cross over? Not right away, no. And if anybody says that we all go directly to the light, well, they, I, I don't like to put people down, however, but they are probably not fully developed mediums to understand what it is life on the other side. Uh, I'm sorry, that's a no offense to anybody, but you know, you have to understand that we don't always get right to the light. There is a life review, there's development, and some of us like to be stuck in a certain place. You know, actually, and I don't mean that in offense. Some people do like to be stuck. Um, you know, it's not toxic to tell people that spirits are not in the light because if you're going to be, on- if I'm going to be honest with somebody, I'm going to tell them, you know, look, I'm sorry, but I don't feel like this person's really crossed over. Now, if I'm going to tell somebody that all the time, that is toxic. More than likely, if someone's continuously saying that these people are not crossed over, that's a very toxic thing to say. Um, Now, it could be that, or maybe a lot of spirits who are not crossed over tend to find their way to these kind of mediums. You know, we'll never know. But that's something we're going to dive into today also. Now, let's start by communication in general, okay? What is the difference? When a, when someone says, I'm hearing what the spirit is telling me, I'm hearing this, that is a clear audience. If somebody is saying, I'm feeling this, that is an empath. Now, yes, if you are an empath, I may have talked about this in a class, even in the empath episode, you do have the developmental skills to develop your skills into a form of saying, I feel this is going to happen because you can start feeling the future. Same thing in opening your doors to mediumship. Empaths can start feeling spirits if you have the gift of mediumship. Not every empath is going to be able to connect to spirit, right? Now, the real gift of mediumship comes from when a living person, human, connects to a unliving person, a spirit. Um, now, mediums can talk to spirits, your spirit guides, your past loved ones. 
spirits that are stuck in places. A psychic will tell you details without connecting to the spirit. And an empath will feel the spirit and feel emotions about them, but may not be able always to interpret messages from them. That depends on the person. An empath, you know, just like everybody else, has their limits. Everybody has a limit. So an empath may be able to feel, oh, you know, I can feel a female here, but she's very sad. And that might be it. But if an empath starts hearing what they are saying, that might be clairaudience. Now, clairaudience is a little different. You don't, just because somebody calls your name down a hallway and you hear it, that's not necessarily clairaudience. It, it's really weird to describe it. Clairaudience is more so hearing things in your head. And I've said this many times for everybody developing, you know, your skills. Intuition comes before the thought. And that's a very important key to remember when doing these things. Now, you may see images, you may hear certain sounds. Um, it's really weird. It's almost like being on acid sometimes. You can literally hear a color. And it's really weird to say, but you can hear what that color is telling you. Um, it's all about energy connection and energy healing also, right? So there's energy flowing through you, and you'll feel that energy when it connects to you. That is why a lot of people confuse spirituality and witchcraft with you know, devil worshiping and all kinds of things. When it comes down to it, honestly, it's all about energy work. You know, magic is about energy and intention. Spirituality is about asking for your ancestors with intention, you know, or asking for spirits on the other side with intention. You know, what do you do when you pray, when you go to church? You pray. What is praying? Asking, worshiping with intention. Witchcraft is almost the same thing. So no matter what you do in what religion, we're always communicating with spirit. Whether you go to a church, a synagogue, a temple, or you go to an altar, or you bow down in a temple, you are communicating with spirit. Just by getting on the foot of your bed every night, you know, putting your hands together, saying the Our Father before bed, you are communicating with spirit. So you are communicating with the dead. And if that's what Christians say is the devil's work, well, they do it every night. So... In general, never judge somebody because communicating with spirit goes as easy as saying a midnight prayer or saying, oh God, please don't let this be. Please don't let this be. Before you go into work every day, you're saying, please be a good day. Please be a good day. You're still communicating with spirit. It's very, very simple. You know, everybody does it similar. Even when, you know, we're sitting in our car and we're, quote, talking to ourselves and everyone's like, oh, don't worry, I'm crazy. You're still communicating with spirit because you're talking what's out there unless you have no spirit guides and you know you have no spirits around you whatsoever but generally everybody does have a spirit guide so odds are you are talking to something out there but that's why you got to be careful with your words especially when you're practicing and you know connecting to the universe your words have so much power in them even if you you know say it the universe is listening to you even if you're even if you're telling me well I don't really have many spirits around me and you only have like maybe one spirit guide and you barely connect to them and the spirit's not really around. The universe is a living organism still and it still hears us. So when we start saying words, you know, it's, we're going to manifest that. That's why it's better to not say that you're, you know, B-R-A-K-E, I'm going to say break. <laughs> but, you know, because it's, it's bad. So just stop saying, you know, I have no, nothing in my wallet. You're going to say I'm pretty rich. You're already throwing it out there that you're ha you have money coming and you know money's coming. So your words are much more powerful than anything. And the universe technically, when you think about it, the universe itself is spirit. 
universe is always listening to us and it responds to every little thing we do all the thoughts that we have you know it's all right in front of us it's oh i didn't want to think about that because i didn't want that to happen well that's communicating with the universe you're putting it out there but the universe doesn't always accept our intentions it's almost like a it's almost like someone who can hear us but can't understand us you know with the mental capacity so it's just it's like it has too many people to keep track of so whenever it hears something it's going to throw it right at you whether it's good or bad or understanding if you wanted it or not so always be careful with your words especially in prayer first of all now even when you're praying you know you can still ask spirit please take this obstacle out of my life for the greater good and of course spirit's going to answer you but just be careful how you word it you know you don't want to keep asking the universe what you don't want only focus on the good things that you do want please do not rain today please do not rain today universe well you're just asking for rain you know instead of saying give me a why don't you say give me a sunny sky watch how fast the sun clears up it's, it's really as simple as that all right so forgive me for my tangent now when you're communicating with let's say your spirit guides right if you have a full good relationship with your spirit guides one of the first things you're going to want to do is ask for a interpretation okay so like when I connect to a spirit, when I see a rose that's red, sometimes I'll usually take it as a loved one, a flower, a beloved. But if I see a rose that's yellow, sometimes I'll take that as somebody's name or someone gave a rose at a funeral. And if I see a rose that's white, I'll usually take that as somebody who unalived themselves. So there's really different ways to communicate with your guides and have them give you specific details about how somebody is passing. Um, sometimes even with a blue rose, I'll see somebody who is suffering with depression, let's say, for a long time, or maybe someone who suffered a mental illness. So those are my ways of communicating with my spirit guides. Now, your spirit guides may give you something totally different than what I just described. So let's even talk about how animals can be interpreted too you know because your your guides can throw you animals to give you information now communicating with your guides let's you know let me just be clear communicating with your guides does not always make you a medium but it can make you a psychic communicating with someone else's spirit guides well now you're dipping a little bit farther into the psychicism thing now you're going to be developing a little bit more into mediumship skills and communicating with a past loved one that's what the image is that you're going to be very careful of because this is somebody telling you about their life you know here on earth versus a spirit guide giving you cues about the living person's life okay so like if you if you're asking for somebody's spirit guides and they're giving you the blue rose signal okay well the person you're reading now is now maybe they're depressed maybe they're having a long-term illness that they can't fight off and then a white rose comes in are you thinking of harming yourself you know it's really weird cues that you're going to get so you have to pay attention and it's always about communicating with your own guides to interpret what they're trying to tell you now cues such as animals have different effects too lions can mean strength at least for me they do now for you a lion might mean something like wisdom or if you think about the wizard of oz lions could mean scaredy cat um you know, people could take tigers as the lonesome tiger or wolves as somebody who's a loner. Bears could be anything from harvesters to financial problems. It depends on how you look at things. And if you're an animal reader, you know, it's best to get yourself like an animal-based deck, like tarot deck or oracle deck, because those kind of decks are going to help you. I even just had someone tell me, you know, how they got an animal spirit deck, and they communicate with that better than they can a tarot deck. 
Well, that kind of stuff is just going to open up your intuition. Now, that can open you up to seeing animals in the clouds even, uh, reading tea leaves with animals in them. You're just an animal-based reader, which is perfectly fine. Your symbols are animals. Now, that makes you more prone to animals here on Earth, too, like animal Reiki or you know, animal communication. It's really as simple as just developing your skills. Now, if we were to say, you know, you go to a client's house and you have no human spirits coming forward as a medium, maybe you'll have more luck with animals. Like, you know, maybe the animal spirits of the land could come by and tell you, hey, we're here to protect her, you know, just saying hi. Let's see if, you know, we can let her grandma come on in. Animal spirits will help you because they'll gravitate towards you more. So it's all about the spirits you work with. And keep in mind, not every spirit is going to want to work with you. And not everybody's loved one is going to want to communicate with you. So if a medium says, you know, I can grab anybody off the table. Well, it's not true. You have the ability to, but you can ask for the spirit to step forward. But at the end of the day, spirits aren't going to step forward for everybody. Um, you know, if people are giving vague information, that spirit could be throwing very little information at them and stepping away. Or the person, yeah, could be making it up. You know, it, it does happen, unfortunately. Now, for me, for example, um, I'm a witch, and I talk to the dead, and I have a sexuality that is not your typical heterosexual. I am a gay person. I'm a gay man, and I do have some old-school spirits that are a little hesitant about stepping up to me. Now, I have just recently even talked with somebody's uh, grandfather. I started describing this gentleman, you know, when she she wanted a reading, so I start describing this gentleman to her, and she tells me it's her great-grandfather, I believe. And she's like, you know, he passed when I was younger, but we visited him every day. I loved him dearly, yada yada. And this man, when he stepped into my room, I mean, he, I saw like his feet, got the images of him, and then I feel like when he looked at my witch's altar, he just backed up. And of course, back in his day, this kind of stuff was unheard of. So to him, this might have looked like pure devil worshiping, you know, because they, they lacked a lot of knowledge back in that day. You know, and people like Lori Cabot, Ray Buckland, they weren't around, you know, in the popular eye back then. So it was really, it's really tough for some spirits to understand what's going on in today's world, where there are witches and there are people of same-sex marriage. Now, weirdly spirits just know weird things about us <laughs> it's weird like they they know everything and their claircognizance is skyrocketing past the human eye so they can just kind of know things about you <clears throat> and especially if you're like well no spirit can come towards me well if you're asking the spirit to step towards you you're you're establishing a connection that spirit can read you just as fast as you can read them so just keep that in mind also now when a spirit approaches me and they're not a fan of my sexuality. Sometimes they'll step away, but sometimes they're like, I've had many spirits that like have hung around me and showed sympathy, you know, to certain points in my life and like, you know, have said to me, oh, you're such a good soul, you know, you're such a nice person. And sometimes they'll be like, you know, I wish your life was different. Like they'll, they'll pick out a, a point in my life. And of course, I'm not going to tell a client about that because it's not my reading. It's not about me. It's about someone else. <clears throat> so, I don't, of course, I'm not always going to say that to somebody, and I don't feel that that's right. It's like, but, you know, you have some people, some spirits, I should say, there's some spirits that will be very blunt to me, and of course, establish, but I can feel when a spirit's kind of backing off, and sometimes if, I'll have to ask them the reason why, and 
honestly, if it's an old school spirit and you're a witch, they're probably going to be very hesitant about it. And if they're an old school one and you're gay, they're probably going to be very much hesitant. So overall, it's like it's it can't always be a good fit for some of them. You know, some of them are very like I had one girl who actually came to me and her grandma stepped in and I'm like, your grandma's telling me she doesn't like she didn't like gay people when she was on Earth. And she said, no, she didn't. And I'm like, well, she's changing her mind now. She says she, you know, she's seen a higher purpose. And she was really happy to hear that. She was happy to hear that she had changed her ways. But again, when people say, you know, we all go to the light and have this huge understanding, truth be told, we don't always have that. You know, some people, it can take them years to develop it. You know, even some woman's mother was a very miserable person. And when she stepped forward to me, I said, your, your mom, did she die a long time ago? And she was like, well, kind of. It was 10 years ago. And I'm like, well, I'm hearing like she had a very long journey. And she said, yeah, another medium had told me, you know, she was going on a long journey to heal herself and to change her ways because she wasn't very accepting of her daughter. And when she died, it took her, you know, her spirit took about 10 years to get over that. But that's about developing, learning. Spirits do their own learning and research, too. It's not automatically given to us. You know, if that's the point, there'd be no way of developing and learning here on Earth. If we all have the same end game goal where it just happens instantly, like if we're all going to the same place in heaven, okay? If we're all going there and there's no other way we can go anywhere else in this world, what is the point of having free will here on earth? You know, we're not going to do anything different up there. What's the point of doing something different down here? It's a yin and yang. So, in generally, just be a good person. <laughs> now, spirits can detect if you're going to be. I'm going to like act like I'm putting this in quotes, but a good medium or not. Um, you know, good mediumship isn't about how good your connection is. It's about how decently you're going to read somebody. Okay, so if you're someone who is making up readings or you're scrabbling for information, spirits are either going to A, try to help you get it, but if they feel like you're going to be a fraudulent reader, they will not come to you. They can detect that kind of stuff right away, especially if you, you know, if you're like an egotistical person, they're going to sense that too. And if you start summoning them, well, that's necromancy. You know, regardless, whatever, and when you think about it, mediumship in general can be considered necromancy. You know, by saying someone's name, you can call that energy right forward. So on someone's anniversary or a special date in their life and you start saying their name, you're probably already calling them forward. Does that make you a necromancer? Well, technically. Does it make you an evil person? No. You know, necromancy is a term. It's all about... it. They say it's about controlling the dead. It's actually about summoning the dead. So witches technically are all necromancers. Now, when you control a spirit, that's something different. Controlling a spirit, they're going to retaliate on you. The second they get set free, and if not, they're going to call one of their buddies to come help you. So just as you wouldn't be mean to a, a human on Earth, do not be a dick to a spirit in the afterlife because they will come after you. Trust me, I've seen it before. <laughs> um, you know, Even when you go to a haunted place... You never know how tight the bond is with one another. All the spirits might not even know the others are there, or they might dislike each other, or they might be in a little short mafia where if you mess with one of them, they're all going to come after you. So when you talk about spirit, that's why they say do not speak ill of the dead. That's, that's where that term comes from. When you say someone's name, more than likely they're already showing up. You know, they sense, they sense that energy being called. But when you start commanding spirits under, you know, certain powers, that's where things are going to go a little south. And then when the spirits show up to a medium, 
they can tell you straight up what they do and do not like about how you're treating them, talking to them, you know, whatever. They'll hear other kinds of conversations. So just be mindful of what you're saying. Saying someone's name will call them forward. Now, I do have a friend of mine, actually. She wasn't born psychic. Um, she What had happened to her was she was driving off the coast of California in her early 20s um, with her husband. He drove off a cliff. They crashed, and she woke up weeks later in the hospital, and she was seeing dead people as if they were living people. And now all you have to do is say someone's name, and she... Like, they come right to her. Um, she actually came to me for a reading a couple years ago, and all she said was, you know, what do your parents think about it? And when I told her, you know, this and that about my mom, and then I said, but my dad was okay. All I said about my dad, never said he was deceased, nothing. And this woman just, like, she blinked one of her eyes, and she was like, I think your dad just came to me, you know? And I was like, what? And she goes, yeah, your dad just came to me. And I, I tilted my head, and she's like... You know, and he says A, B, C, D. And I'm like, what? So her and I become friends right after. We keep in contact. She came to Buffalo. We go out for drinks with a couple mutual friends that we had. But my friend that had set her up with a reading with me and was like, you got to meet her. You got to meet her. So we go out for drinks. And another friend of mine who does not know she's a psychic medium has no clue whatsoever. She knows I am. And she was like, I really want to meet your, your friend Chuck. So we go out to dinner, and the woman says something about, she's like, oh, my brother would have loved to have met you. And the second she says that, I look over, and here is my girl Jennifer. She blinks her one eye, and she was like, your brother is telling me, actually, that blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, oh, crap, here she goes again. <laughs> and we were just, as we're talking about it, you know, sitting next to another psychic medium might actually enhance a lot of your abilities too. And it happens actually to me when I'm at the Shanley or when I'm at the witch's shop or something. When I'm sitting next to other people who are developing, they'll start seeing and sensing different things. So when I'm with Jennifer, you know, or Jennifer's with me, we're both getting like turned up times 10. And then I start seeing this woman on a whole nother table in the restaurant leaning over one of the other females at another table and I looked at her I'm like you don't do you ever see a woman in white over there and she was like yeah but I think it's the one's mother from over there I mean we didn't go up and talk to her but I you know it's just funny how certain things like that just trigger all other senses so keep that in mind too if you're somewhere with another medium or witch or psychic or you're on an investigation with another it's probably going to turn things up a lot. Even if somebody is a witch and they're carrying other spirits with them, it's going to be turned up probably from like 10 all the way to 60. Just something to keep in mind. All right, now let's talk about what would a loved one say to you? Well, honestly, it varies. Um, you know, spirits that show up to me, it depends on what I'm looking for. So, you know, before I read, I'm going to set an intention. It depends on what this person wants. Are they going to want a spirit guide reading? So let's only ask for the spirit guides. We're going to go for a loved one reading. Okay. Let's see if anybody's here. Okay, I got this person, this person, this person. What about a name? Okay. So, for instance, if I'm talking for someone's spirit guides, I will say out loud, I'm going to ask all so-and-so spirit guides to please step forward. And then one by one, I'll have them in the lineup. Now, I only see it in shadows, and then I say, please show me what you can about yourself. And then they'll show me what they are, what they were, 
what they were when they were alive, maybe what time frame they're from, if they're even something from this world, I don't know. It depends on whatever they're going to show me at that given time. Because those are your spirit guides. You know, they're not, they don't belong to other people. So not every spirit guide is going to show themselves instantly. I might only get three of your spirit guides, but in reality, you have about five. So it depends on who wants to show up, who wants to talk, and who wants to be a part of our session today. It's, you know, it, every spirit's going to be very different. I actually read, uh, I actually read a witch once and she was like saying like, you know, I, I don't feel like my spells are working at the moment. I feel like they're kind of being filtered. Can you tell me why? And I said, okay, now I wasn't asking for mediumship. I was just, you know, I threw out maybe three tarot cards in. Now, normally when you're an intuitive psychic reader, you're not going to go off the keywords of the cards. You'll see other images. Now I got seven of seven of wands, which, as you may know, it's you know it's like the card of achievement. The guy is holding a stick, and it looks like he's knocking other sticks into the ground. He's trying for something. But what I see is black and hexes. And as I'm trying to interpret this, this older woman with curly hair steps in, puts her foot down. She's in a very long red dress, and she's got a witch hat on. I keep seeing a witch hat everywhere. And I said, was your grandma a witch? And she jumped and was like, oh my God, yes. And this woman clear as day had a Boston accent. And I'm like, you're hexing people. <laughs> and she's, she hexed people when she was alive. And she starts laughing and she's like, oh my God, she hexed everybody. She would bitch about everyone. And I'm like, okay, she's telling me she was kicked out of her coven. They asked her to leave. And she was like, yeah. And then she tried hexing all of them too. And then she, it ended up coming back on her times three. She led a miserable, miserable life. But she was very good to her God, and she actually has a statue of Jesus still in her house. Um, then she starts telling me about her house. So long story short, uh, the girl ended up getting Grandma's house, as I had predicted. But Grandma was actually stopping her from doing all kinds of spells because she didn't want she was worried that she needed to understand something of karma first. And the girl was a very experienced witch. Now, who knows what that lesson was, but I think that with grandma stepping in being a spirit guide, I think she was more worried about, you know, practice what you're doing and research it before you make the mistakes I do. So sometimes spirits can be helpful. Was she doing anything wrong? Well, I can't say. I'm not there to judge. I didn't ask about the hexes, but you know, it's not up for me to judge that person. It's not up for me to decide. What what it is up for me to do is to interpret what the spirit is saying. So that's how I'm that's how I would leave that type of reading, you know. Which in general you have to remember something. If you're reading somebody, it's again, it's never our place to judge anyone. We don't know what kind of mistakes they've made. We don't know who's been in their life or who's done what to them. You know, you could be talking to a victim of abuse for all you know. It's very sensitive when you're talking with somebody. So when I see certain psychics and mediums on TikTok gossiping or, you know, talking smack about other, they're like trash talking other psychic mediums. What makes you think that they won't, you know, trash talk a client afterwards? It just, it boggles me. Now, I keep a very strong HIPAA privacy as a professional. You know, even when I'm at the shop, I might say, hey, you know, I've experienced this with a client before, but it's not like I'm going to say, oh, this lady over here, this one, let me tell you what her reading was about. That's not appropriate, <laughs> you know, 
But if somebody's going to speak out loud about that and they want to say it, hey, you're all you're more than welcome to. I treat it like a hospital. You know, you can't always say that you've experienced this, this or that unless somebody is openly saying, no, it's OK. I had a reading with him. And then I'm like, OK, yeah, hey, if you want it, you can go ask her as long as they're all is they're all OK saying what happened. That's all on you. But between whatever happens between us, I'm not ever comfortable talking about it. And I don't think anybody should really, because it's very private information. Who knows? Maybe their loved one was a recovering drug addict or had health problems and they don't want that kind of stuff out there. And also when you see mediums on TikTok claiming that they're reading celebrities, I kind of think that they're lying. <laughs> and you know, there's one really popular person who swore that she channeled Aaron Carter or, you know, she channels like for celebrities and stuff. Um, to be honest with you, when you read a celebrity, you have to sign an NDA because you can go out and, you know, tell all their information. Oh my God, I read Channing Tatum and he wants to be with men. Like, who knows what's going to happen, you know? Or you can say Tom Cruise is going to get into an accident. Like, you. You're throwing all that personal information out there. I read so-and-so, and I told him he's going to get a DWI, and he's a football player. Like, you can throw all kinds of things out there, and next thing you know, the tabloids are coming to you, and they're going to pay you $20,000 to give you readings about all these other celebrities, and you don't have permission to, like, you don't even have consent to people want to be read, you know? Why would you put that out there? So... Odds are they're going to have you sign an NDA, non-disclosure agreement, which means you cannot tell everybody that you read for a deceased celebrity or anyone at all. So it's just very, it's very weird how some of these things just kind of come up, you know, and it's, I think that people are just using it for fame and glory. And you want to know what's funny? The same celebrity reader who's reading for all these Hollywood people, I heard about I, I kind of heard from somebody a, a very one-on-one -on -one conversation that booked a reading with someone some with someone like this um, a couple months ago and she's she said that the reader was asking for their name their information their their phone number their date of birth and the house that they lived in and I was like what and they Google searched everything about her so she gave him a different address just to spice it up and she told her information about her friend's home it was just it was something to think about you know um that's why you know for people who book i don't like to know anything about you and i'll tell you clearly please don't feed me information i don't want to know anything at all you know if you're going to tell me sally died of cancer how valid is it if i start asking you about cancer or in the gallbladder or you know whatever it is you told me so it's always best to first just not even feed any information whatsoever less is best so what kind of a sign are your loved ones actually going to leave you well Here's the thing. If you are going to be visited by your loved one, you don't need to go to a paranormal location in order to do that. The odds are they're probably already by you. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> if you do truly have a loved one who cannot cross over, they have unfinished business here on Earth. Now, we, we don't always want to assume that our loved ones have unfinished business, right? Here's the thing. If your loved one is, let's say they were suffering from problems or, you know, they left something undone or they have so many projects in their life that you're thinking they probably have unfinished business because none of this was completed. Listen, stop worrying about them. Seriously. I, and I'm saying that in the best, truly honest way. Stop worrying about them because odds are they're going to figure it out on their own that they have to move on. If not, they probably already moved on. 
if a spirit goes to a medium and says, you know, I'm stuck, can you help me cross over? To be honest with you, the medium isn't going to say, oh, they can't cross over, but if you give me $1,000, I'll unstick them. That's not how it works. Honestly, if I ever do have a spirit like that and I can help them cross over, I'm just going to do it. I'm not even going to say it to their loved ones. I don't like to inform somebody, by the way, you know, your father is stuck here on earth and there's nothing you can do about it. That is the most toxic thing to say to somebody. I would probably more so say it in a more professional way, like such as, listen, I do feel like your father is sitting around here for a little bit, um, but I don't think he's made it to his crossover journey yet. Um, he's telling me that he can't move on because A, B, C, D, but, you know, he, he is moving on right now. Um, to be honest with you, it's very rare that that happens. You know, people say it all the time that a spirit can get stuck. It can happen, but it's extremely rare. So don't lose sleep over, you know, thinking that your loved one is going to be stuck in some other dimension like Insidious or something. Now, when it comes to signs, you know, honestly, they're going to give you little signs like maybe knocking a few things over or flickering your lights. If you are hearing door slam, um, you know, that's a different kind of sign. Don't automatically assume because you're hearing noises that your house is haunted. I probably say this to everybody all the time. You know, it does take an extreme amount of facts before you can consider a place to be a haunting. Now, your loved one is probably going to play with their lights around their photo to let you know it's them. Um, just give you an example, on my father's anniversary, right around the time of his passing, um, he passed away in the afternoon time, and I'm sitting with my grandma at her house, who is uh, my father's mother, and we were, I just went and visited her because, you know, she was having a rough day, and as we're talking, the power goes out totally at the time of his death. Just everything went totally out. And she looked at me and she said, do you realize what time it is? And I said, yeah. And then, of course, like I just went down to the box and flicked every all the breakers back on. And she looks at me and she's like, that was pretty weird. But, you know, I don't think it was, I told her, I don't think it's anything malicious. And we laughed about it. And she said, that's your dad's sign. That's your dad's sign that he's around. It's happened on more than one occasion. Special times, days are going to trigger spirits to do certain events that are going to make them known that we that they're around to us. So just pay attention to the little things. You know, if something's rolling off the table. You know, if something's you're finding weird coins everywhere. Because let's face it, they they love to leave coins and they love to flicker lights. They love to give us a little scare and boo. But it's going to be in a fun way. You know, not in a malicious way. So just keep that in mind. But spirits are always going to give us signs. They can come to us in our dreams. You know, they're going to, they're always watching us from above. There is no spirit that is going to be stuck in the underworld and still not watch over their loved one. So here's the thing. In my experience, is there a hell? Yes. Is every soul going to go there for committing sin? No. I do believe that there is another side of life that spirits of a lower vibration generate. However, I don't think it's necessarily always going to be for an afterlife setting. Um, I do think that some spirits can choose to go there, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to watch over us and be with us. You know, I, I think for someone to say that your loved one is in the underworld, it's not always true. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just, I don't think that it's always going to be true. Do I think that there is a place for lower vibrational people to sit until they cleanse? Yes, I do believe that. Um, you can go to whatever you choose to. When we die, we can all go to the afterlife and go to hell if we choose to. It's our choices. Do I think that we're banished there and going to be stuck there? Absolutely not. So 
for me, for do I think that there is, however, evil spirits out there? Yes, I'd be lying if I say I didn't. But you know, for someone to say you have to follow these rules, here's a you know, here's what I believe. If you're going to act on these certain things that are against the Bible, against the Torah, the Quran, when you think about these books, they all talk about being a good person. And if you're going to sit there and do toxic things with your life, such as do drugs, harm other people, harm children, harm adults, you know, steal from people. <clears throat> do all these things that constitute the character of you becoming a, quote, evil or bad person. The thing about it is, you know, your soul is going to have negative energy with it. You know, if you see a negative person or feel like they're just bad, that's because they have negative energy on their spirit. In order to cleanse that in the afterlife, you do have to purge. So who knows? You're not always condemned to go right to heaven. You know, you have to cleanse yourself. And the only way to do that is by going to purgatory, hell, the underworld, whatever religion. You know, people call it different things. Um, and there are spirits down there that will help cleanse you, such as Hades, guardian of the river Styx. There is um, Lilith. And if you guys know Lilith, she does not play around when it comes to shadow work. Um, Lilith, however, is deemed as a, quote, demon. So is Hecate. But in other religions, they're devoted as these deities. Now let's take now let's think about Persephone for a second. Persephone was seduced into the underworld and tricked. And then she decided to rule it and make it her her queendom. Does that make Persephone a demon? Absolutely not. The thing about spiritual communication is that, you know, people say a demon will never talk to you. I've never encountered a demon, therefore they don't exist. For all you know, a demon very much could have communicated with you, but you just perceive it as another spirit. We'll never know. And it does not, don't panic when I tell you this, it does not always mean that the spirit is bad. The, the word demon comes from Christianity. And it basically comes from spirits that come from the underworld. But the thing is, is who knows if all the spirits down there are bad? And who's to say everything up above is good? Now, this is, forgive me, because this is the Libra in me talking about balance, you know? So the thing about this is, there are some angels that will mess your whole life up. And there are some demons that will come help you out. There's actually a demon, um, and he is the demon of herbology. But he, I don't even know if that's a real term. I'm just going off what I heard in Harry Potter. But he is the demon of herbs and witchery. And he actually shows up randomly to witches, uh, people who practice the divine. And he will show up just to protect you. But he shows up randomly. You never know. But he never actually has been noted to do harm if you are afraid of him now there is a book of seals that i'm trying to think of the right word they kind of just contain the energy of these spirits and you can find them in the book of solomon um you can find them some of them are talked about in the bible a little bit now these seals pretty much do nothing but contain energy there's the seal of the archangels there is the seal of you know the the devils of hell they are all seals to pretty much contain those energies. Do they work? 100%. It's basically to help you ward off the spiritual energy in your lifetime. They were brought up by the, the Catholic Church in order to contain, because the Catholic Church, I should probably say this, but the Catholic Church is, you know, this was one of the people that invented the exorcisms, right? The point of church, there is no point of church other than it started out because of demonic energy church in general did. They started going to church and confining to worship God because the devil existed. So if someone's telling you that we go to church and there is no such thing as an evil spirit, you're becoming a hypocrite. The church was started to ward off evil. 
exorcisms were started out by the Catholics because they wanted to rid the world of demonic energies on Earth. But this is, of course, after demons started possessing objects, and then they started to possess people. So when you think about this kind of history, it really makes you wonder out there how all this originated. What is going to constitute the fact that spirits are good and bad? It's the simple fact that the devil betrayed God, and he was sent down to hell with a bunch of his spirits. God stayed in heaven with his spirits. But you've got to remember something. Satan was once an angel, right? Lucy, Lucy was once an angel here. So the fact that we all originate from the higher light gives you one good answer. It's where we're all going to originate from. It's probably where we're all going to go to when we die. We have the power to go there when we die. Now with the angels kind of having the Rome, they had to contain the earth. So that is why they weren't always in heaven. And just because you're not in heaven, that kind of gives you a little more energy to absorb here around the earth, which includes positive and negative. Therefore, my conclusion is, angels are not always the purest of all beings, unless, of course, you are Michael or Gabriel, or one of the first few archangels that are listed in the Bible, I would say, because those are the ones that have a big, strong connection to heaven. Now, let's look at an archangel like Sandolphin also. Sandolphin was once a human, and he actually was granted to be an archangel, so he lived a human life. He is actually the archangel that helps people with earthly matters. Now, however, when you look at the Bible also, there is a demonic entity named Belzi, and he was actually said to once be a priest. Whether or not he, you know, was a walking in human life, however, none of us can actually prove that because we weren't around back then. But it's just so funny how everything correlates to me. Now, if you do feel like your loved one may be struggling, you can always call upon one of the archangels to help them cross over. It can be any one of the archangels, and trust me, if God truly is who is up there watching over us, they will lend out a helping hand to one of the angels to make sure that our loved ones all get home. Now, when it comes to communication, you're going to want to, you know, ask yourself, what is it you're trying to say? Because sometimes our loved ones just show up and hang around. Now, one of the things I get asked all the time also is, do our loved ones come around or stick to us or bind themselves to us? The answer is a spirit's not going to bind themselves to you. They don't need to. They'll just visit you. And odds are, if you knew a spirit in this life, you've probably known him in the la another life, too, if they're hanging around you so much. The thing about it is spirits are not bound to people. That is called an attachment. And if a spirit is attached to you, that's you'll know. Because uh, I think I said this in a, another haunting episode is, you know, you're going to get very sick. You're going to get very irritable. You'll start isolating yourself. Bad things happen to you because the spirit wants you all to themselves. That is a good spirit. It's like the it, imagine like a very clingy child not wanting anybody else around but mommy and daddy. So they're going to hang around mommy and daddy. You know, it's a toxic relationship. Same thing with the spiritual energy. Spirits want you to give attention to nothing else but them. It can happen. Now, I love the Shanley. I love it to pieces. I love every single one of those spirits. But I do have to put up boundaries with some of them because who knows if one day one of them won't overstay their welcome and want me to give energy to only the Shanley. You know, think about it. I won't be able to, I could lose my job and not, you know, knock on wood. I could not have to work anywhere but the Shanley and rely on only that because the spirits want me to themselves. But again, don't take this information and think, oh my God, I think a spirit's attached to me. It's just informational purposes. If you do have something attached to you, you would know. It wouldn't take you so many years to figure it out. Um, if spirits follow us since we're younger, that's a different story. Spirits can feel more comfortable with certain spirits. Like 
This is actually a good question I get asked all the time. When you're communicating with somebody's spirits, do you ever get a spirit that is a victim of somebody? Quite frankly, yes, I did. Um, how I go about that, it's very odd to say. I don't necessarily know why a, a victim spirit would want to hang around their perpetrator. Um, that is something I have yet to figure out, but it does happen. Um, so I work when I was working um, one night in the ER, I did see a little girl hanging around one side of the trauma rooms, and I waved to her. She waved back, and I'm for some reason I was drawn to her, and I thought to myself, why is she just standing around? I said, and I said, I thought nobody was in the trauma room, and the charge nurse looks at me and said, there's not. I said, well, who's the little girl over there? And she said, what little girl? I swear to Christ, like, I thought this girl was a living person. Now, I literally just finished Reiki 1, so it's probably opening me right up to all kinds of crazy stuff, and I, I just, I did not at all like once think that she was deceased but I I held tight for a little bit and I blew it off I didn't see her again about 10 minutes later they're bringing in a guy from an MVA who ended up colliding with another vehicle and the life of an 8 year old girl was lost and when I asked the cop about the girl's description he confirmed it I was shocked I was absolutely torn Apart. I couldn't believe that this little girl was waiting for the guy who took her life. Why that was, I don't know. I don't know what her business was doing it. Maybe she felt like she had to see him or say goodbye to him or for some reason let him know what he did. A little more of a gut-wrenching story. Um, something on a more personal level. I'm not going to say who this is. But if you do know me personally, you're probably going to know who this is. Now... I have a man that I've known my entire life. I've known he's been in jail. It's very obvious he's been in jail, and he acts like it still. Um, people around him have gone to prison for heinous crimes, including taking other people's lives. There's been some speculation that these people took the blame for him taking the lives, but again, nothing was ever proven. You know, he was supposed to be in jail for about 30 years. Then he was supposed to be in jail for longer when more counts came up. But then he got out early, and as he came out, other people went in. Cooperation. Get you on, out on good behavior. So when I started developing my skills more getting older, you know, I started realizing that some things were true. When I was developing fully and, you know, practicing readings for people, he never once came near me. And I, I started getting a little hunch on my back that that this person maybe thought I was going to see the truth. And then he would tell me, you know, it's all hocus pocus. I don't really believe in that stuff. But he was never once able to come look me in the eye. And I always thought something really weird was just with him. And people would always joke, we're like, oh, yeah, he's probably taken the lives of this many people or so-and-so. And we would joke about it, you know, because we, we didn't know if it was true or not. And... So one day someone asked him, have you ever done this to people? He And all he said was, I'll only hurt a man from here on out. And we didn't know what that meant. So I don't know if maybe he had done something to a woman and he was like, no, I'll, I'll only fight a man. And we were like, okay. So we blew it off. One day I'm sitting at this family get together 
and this gentleman shows up. And as I sit before him, he's he's talking to me. And right next to him, I see this woman with long, dark hair, very pale skin, long white gown, and she's soaked in water. And her eyes are bulging out of her head. And she tells me that he killed me. And I I didn't really know what to say. How do you go and tell everybody? How do you, you know, I, I, it's not like you can call the police about these kinds of things because the thing about it is when you are psychic, the police have to seek you out. You know, if you go in telling police officers, hey, I'm a psychic and I know where this person's buried. First of all, you're just making yourself look like the prime suspect. So it's just something I experienced once. And she said, you know, people probably aren't going to find where I'm buried. I'm not going to tell you that. She didn't give me much information about herself, but she told me that he took me out to the middle of nowhere and he murdered me. And she was soaked in water, just completely covered and soaked in water. And she had told me several times, he's probably not going to get caught, but there's other people with me. And I, I, I'm asking in the same place, and she said two, but there's probably more scattered. I wasn't sure what to think. I mean, this is a guy I've known my whole life. And I have speculation, obviously, that he did things to people. But it's one thing when you hear about it. It's another when you actually see it. But again, how do I tell him I know what you did? Now, I got the girl's name. And I'm not going to say what her name is. But I did. I have that name stuck with me. And I'm not planning on telling anybody what it is unfortunately because it's just something that's like her spirit's not with me but it's haunting me in a weird way and the funny thing is is every time I ran into this gentleman her spirit is still with him she's still hanging right around him and I really honestly think she's waiting for his judgment so she can meet him when he passes away and she could say look what you did to me you know that that's why I tell you be kind to everybody because spirits will hang around for revenge and redemption it does happen um, maybe that's why a lot of victims hang around their perpetrators because they want to either a torment their life or make sure they get their karma now I've seen that girl's spirit about three times and every time I asked her, are you at peace? She always says, yes. And when I asked her, why are you waiting around here with him? She said, I'm waiting. She wouldn't give me any other information besides that. And she said, you know, your family has nothing to do with my passing, except this man. And she informed me, you know, I've wa I know who you are. I've seen you growing up. And then she said... I've learned to trust you, but I have to wait. And I never understood what waiting was. But she said, I, I don't deal with nobody in, in his life. I only deal with him. And I just said, okay. And that was it. But, you know, we think that spirits automatically forgive us. And some of them can hold grudges. And, you know... I'm sure she visits her family. I've only seen her those three times. But let me tell you, when I saw her in full visual effect, I was absolutely appalled by what I seen. But it does go to show, you know, that no matter what, we do await a final judgment by certain people. Like, if you ever read that book, it's by Mitch Album. It's called The Five People You Meet in Heaven. 
it is a really good book. Um, I'll give you a brief story about it. So it's about a guy named Eddie, and when he dies, he feels like his life meant nothing. And he meets all these people when he dies about whose life he impacted the most when he was alive. One of which is his wife. Uh, the other one is this guy from the circus. And then this girl that he saved. It's a really good book if you ever read it. But it brings you to a great understanding about what happens when we pass away. It's a really good book. Now, does that really happen? I don't know. But I can at least tell you that, you know, I can at least tell you that you know, there's people that we meet when we pass that we knew on this earth, whether it be our loved ones, friends, family, spirit guides, whatever. But we have this great understanding of our lives, at least, and why things happen the way they did. But thus concludes our talk of spiritual communication for the day. I am just hitting the hour mark, so I'm going to thank all you guys for joining me today. Stay tuned. Part two is going to be coming uh, shortly, and we're going to get more into the evidential side of developing and Talking to spirit if you want to become a medium. You can even do this telepathically, clairaudiently, and how to basically do it out loud and who you're trying to talk to. So I'm going to thank all you once again for joining me. And as always, stay haunted. And I do not own any copyrights to any of this music. Thanks, everybody. To a room, some lace, some paper flowers. Back to the gypsy That I was To the gypsy That remains Faces freedom With a little bit of fear I have no fear I have only She was just a wish She was just a wish And lightning struck Only once And your gypsy Your gypsy